and welcome to the Horrible Things Podcast. This is a true crime and disaster podcast where we talk about all things horrible, as is implied by the name of the podcast, Horrible Things. My name is Emma Sexton, and I am the host of this podcast, and today I'm joined by the lovely Noelle Sexton. My sister, ladies and gentlemen, back yet again. I think this is, what, your third or fourth? Um, This is my third altogether, second by myself, I think. Okay. Yeah. So you're no you're no stranger to the show. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I'm very excited to be here this week. And do you want to know why? Noelle, do you want to know why? Uh, I guess. Yes. It is the Halloween episode of Horrible Woot. Things. It is the week of Halloween when this will come out. I am so excited for Disney Plus. Like what, this what doesn't have that? to do with true crime, but it's just a what, cultural thing. What is that? You don't know what Disney Plus is? And it's it's basically like Netflix, but for Disney. And they're going to have um, like all the old Disney shows. Does that already and exist? High School Musical. What? Does that already exist? No, it's launching oh, soon. Oh, I see. It's coming out. But I'm pretty sure they're going to have like Hannah Montana and <gasps> What was McGuire. the movie we used to always watch that like freaked me out as a kid? The Halloween one. High, sc- <laughs> high School <laughs> Musical? <laughs> no. Um, Oh, 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 I know what you're talking yeah, about. The one when he comes he, out of the, the wall. Ghost hands yeah, yeah, that always freaked me out as okay, a kid. Hold on, let me look I'm it up. Look it, look it up. I don't know what it's called, but I remember being like terrified by that movie. And now you're the one who watches all the horror movies. This is true, but I think I was just like, it was like my first scary movie. No, that's not even true. I just, I don't think no, I like Dad it. used to show us like the Blob when we were. Yeah, I know. Literally I don't know children. why that movie freaked me out so much. Because we were like six months oh old. <laughs> what is that called? Oh my gosh! Oh, oh my gosh! I th- the, it's on the tip of my tongue. I feel like it's like so ghostly. I feel like, like it's like Halloween. Oh, my, everyone watching. Mostly ghostly. That's the name That's of it. Not it. Yes, it is. Are you yes, serious? It is. That's mostly not- ghostly. Who let, let the see. ghost out? Are you sure about that? I one hundred percent guarantee it. No. Wait. Show me the like the title page. Okay. I can't like turn the laptop around because we're recording. You know what? Just peek over. It's called Mostly Ghostly. <laughs> yes. That's the stupidest <laughs> name I've ever heard. I thought it was called like, uh, I don't know. What's yeah, the, you the, clearly I didn't know what it was called. <laughs> no, I thought it was called like, oh my gosh. Oh, I know. I thought it, what's Halloween Town? You different don't know one? what Halloween Town is? I'm so confused. That's, that's what I the thought one this with, was. Um, <laughs> I think not, that's what I was thinking. That's the one with not Harper, but her name is like a weird name that's not you. <laughs> Watch it be like Kylie. And I'm, just, <laughs> I'm like, it's Wait, like a really. Is that not it the, has the one the with the hands? No, the, no, it has a Cromwell's in it. It's basically like this girl, her grandma and mom are a witch and she doesn't find. Her name is Marnie. Okay, Sure. I feel no, like that's a made-up name. No, and there's a skeleton cab driver. What? And the best one was okay. the third one. So I obviously have no idea what this is. And no. um, What Halloween movies do you remember from Disneyland? Disneyland. <laughs> Disney Channel. <laughs> uh, mostly ghostly, I guess. That's it. That's the only one. So what about that one with uh, Olivia Holt? I have no idea. It was the one where that girl is like a badass and she like takes down a bunch. It's called like Monster Something. I have <laughs> no idea. It's probably like Monster Hunter. I'm yeah. just like being I don't trash. know. I don't really remember that much, but I remember there would be like 
the commercials for like the Disney shows would be like this Thursday, like Halloween, the Halloween special, and we'd no, have to we record used to it. Literally, and, like, be glued yeah. to the TV. Yeah. And now I feel like kids that are growing up nowadays actually, aren't going to even have cable. No, it's so <laughs> sad because I remember us like dividing like what jobs we had during intermi- intermission, <laughs> during the commercial break, like. One of us would get to go to the bathroom while the other would run and, like, get snacks or something like that. Like, we would have to divide. And then we'd always fight over who got to go to the bathroom. We would literally sit in front of the TV for hours when it was Halloween or Christmas. Like, we would be in front of the TV for, like, a solid week. Yeah, pretty much. Every single day when we got home from school. Yeah. That was a time. I feel like I feel old sometimes because, like, I remember vividly the day the first episode of Wizards of Waverly Place came out. I don't remember, like, came the out first at 12 episode. 30 p.m., and I was home from school, and it was in the summer, I think, or I didn't have school for some reason, and I was like, I really want to watch this show, and I watched it, and then it Ugh. became Wizards of Waverly Place, and I was, like, obsessed with it. Oh, my, my God. Childhood. Do you remember the part of that show where, what's his name, Mason the werewolf came yes. in? That was the best part. I remember us sitting there episode after episode watching each like each and part the of that and be- yes Bridget Mendler. oh my god that was wow can we talk about the fact that okay you know cassie randolph she won the know. bachelor i don't watch the bachelor oh well she also is from huntington beach california oh she like went to our to she like went to our high school for something i don't know why yeah she was a substitute teacher at our high school what yeah literally i had her as a sub this is crazy that's guys so big weird. facts i had cassie randolph as a substitute teacher one time that's <laughs> but crazy. um so she her sister is dating the guy who played mason on wizards of Waverly Place. that's so cool i know oh my god Isn't that, crazy? that makes me like excited for no reason <laughs> like i don't know him but that still makes me excited wow they were that was the best part of the show no they were great didn't they like not end up getting together no, he like ran off. Oh I my remember gosh, like him like running Disney. off or something. Speaking of freaking Disney, biggest disappointment of my life was in Hannah Montana when Miley chose to be with Jake instead of Jesse. She chose to be with Jake? Yes. Leslie. Jake. Stupid Jake. Instead of Jesse. You've got something special. <laughs> when You've got I'm something looking special. Yeah. I want to get all sentimental. Yeah. He's got something. Yeah. Can you believe that? I don't even remember who. I think I tried to block that out. Jake. Read, yeah. <laughs> Wasn't he like the blonde one? Yeah. And then Jesse was like the. Jesse's always the name of like the bad boy. Why is Why? that? I don't know. I've never met a Jesse in real life. I know one Jesse, but he's not a bad boy. <laughs> you know who's the baddest Jesse of all? Hey, Jesse. <laughs> no. <laughs> God. no that's who jesse from toy story yeehaw oh she's pretty cool get your cowboy so to- for some cowboys. reason i thought that like that jesse from toy story and woody were dating but apparently they aren't? oh my oh no she's this- dating buzz she's dating buzz yeah right? i know yeah. and he's dating he's dating the little, little sheep Bo girl Peep. yeah 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 sheep girl <laughs> what's r- little Bo little Peep? sheep girl i don't know it was close, but I thought they were dating. Like, no, I told I told my friend Kate that I was like, oh yeah, like I don't know why we're talking about it. We were talking about it. And I was like, oh yeah, Jesse and Woody, and she was like, what? Are you crazy? 
and I didn't know it was like a big thing. To be honest, we were never really into the Toy Story movies as much as our little brother. Oh no, really yeah, I think that was Toy like Story for movies. him, like his age one because that's when it, I don't this know. is not sponsored by disney i'd this like to is say not sponsored by this disney? podcast not is not yeah we're not this we just grew up literally we're the in front of the tv all the time and we guys one last anecdote <laughs> we, we get skip movers, on with skippers this. are like people who skipped right to the case are like please get going with this yeah. but there was this one show guys this is the most american thing that i can ever ever imagine <laughs> but when <laughs> this summer we didn't have any school <laughs> obviously <laughs> so what? you're so in the morning she looks we insane were, <laughs> right now she's like crying we would, <laughs> stop What's, we would wake up early oh. and watch the show billy the exterminator <laughs> <laughs> oh my for God. hours my dad would come people? into the oh. room and be like you oh guys you've watched too much belly the exterminator <laughs> I don't know if anyone watched that other than us. No, what age were we? Like twelve? Yeah. And no, I was. 12 I think and you nine? were twelve, and I was probably like nine. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Literally, most kids we watched Disney, but for some reason we were obsessed with watching this was, man oh. clean cockroaches out of people's houses. Those were always the worst when it was like the little like. Co- yeah. Uh, yeah. Why? Why did we? Do- and remember the and we used to watch him during dinner. <laughs> we'd be like we'd choose shows to watch and me and emma would either choose cake boss which is just like a f- you know like a nice show about cakes and stuff or billy the exterminator where they're no like wonder getting mom, rid of raccoons no wonder mom moved the tv yeah. out of the <laughs> dining room yeah that was a good idea on her part yeah i know I, I, I can't believe we could watch that like while we were eating it didn't bother me me neither i don't and i love that now looking back at it i just laugh my ass off about that show because it had literally the same plot line like 20 times yeah. where the brother <laughs> Ricky do. would go on a job <laughs> where they had to exterminate wasps, yeah. but uh-oh, but he's, he's allergic to wasps. wasps. Why would he go? <laughs> oh my God. He would have like an attack and then Billy would come in or something and be like, and save the day and, and like, also exterminate the bugs. Yeah. And we were like, bro, there's been like <laughs> six episodes where this yeah. happens. Like, why don't you just stay back? Was, yeah. And it was also just the exact same thing. Just different animals each time though. Like, no, they did there, cockroaches but there was, and but there, alligators. That's, that's why I just said different animals. But there was like always, <laughs> there was always like an inciting incident. Like he would be like so close to the raccoon, and then he, he would like run away or something. Like that the, was like the exciting. And part. also the fact that there were episodes where they just didn't catch anything. Yeah, <laughs> well, like you, that's so depressing. You spent the entire episode looking at stock footage of a bobcat because they never actually <laughs> caught the damn thing. <laughs> okay yeah we need to move on we've been talking about we just looked at the time and it's been 15 minutes so skippers you can come back in here because we are 15 minutes everybody with absolutely no transition we're gonna start talking about the gainesville ripper and go okay (laughs) so i'm like never mind i'll i'll get it what (laughs) you sound like shane dawson dude okay like when he starts his series like hey what's up you guys this is sponsored by Seek. <laughs> Use code David. Hi guys, twenty dollars on my Hello Fresh. <laughs> okay. I sometimes I find myself wanting. I'm like, should I subscribe to Squarespace? Because <laughs> I hear about it, I'm like, 
do I need to get the honey crumb extension? Oh, I have it. Is it good? <laughs> it's no, don't I, talk about it. I, I, no I, reviews. Not until oh, they sponsored this. We just podcast. pranked all the skippers. Oh, right. Because we okay. We're shutting up now. Okay. So the Gainesville Ripper yes. Halloween episode. Spooky. Here we go. Scary. No more tangents. Let's go. So just before we actually start talking about everything that gets into these events, I want to talk about Billy the Exterminator a little bit. More. <laughs> i'm kidding but uh one thing i want to say is that i will be referring to the killer as the gainesville ripper and as tom because (laughs) that was like a really serious like (laughs) like little switch there yeah because okay here's the thing i've never dealt quite with a case like this where the at the end the killer talks about the fact that the reason they killed people was because they wanted to become a quote superstar end quote so i have to say that i feel a bit wrong saying their name and giving them what they wanted by killing people you know what i mean yeah so i'm gonna use tom as like a fake name you can look up the gainesville ripper yourself and find it if you want Mm -hmm. um i'm still gonna give all the details of the case it's just gonna be normal I'm just not going to use this person's actual name because I feel a bit um, wrong by giving them any sort of fame to the actual person. I'll use the title because it could be anyone, but I don't want this person to gain any more stardom, I guess. Yeah. Even though obviously it's infamy, it still just feels wrong to me. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, the Gainesville Ripper um, was born in Shreveport, Louisiana, okay? So, home of Billy the Exterminator. And, oh my gosh, that's so exciting. (laughs) I don't actually know if Billy's from Shreveport. I just know he's from Louisiana. (laughs) Okay. Um, His dad was a police officer, actually. And basically, from birth, he grew up in a really abusive household, like, This is not to say that anything he's going to do in the future is okay, but he did grow up in a very abusive household. Um, His father would often abuse his mother, and uh, his mom actually one time had to go to the hospital. Like, she'd gone to the hospital before with wounds from beatings, but she went to the hospital once because his father had forced her to cut herself with a a razor, like, literally with the kids in the house. And then he also had the police arrest his son one time. And basically because of all this abuse and trauma in his childhood, um, Tom grew up like doing burglaries and he would like rob places all the time. And he was a peeping Tom, which is like disturbing for someone who's kind of young. And basically he just couldn't be a normal person. Like he couldn't assimilate into society because of the trauma that he went through when he was a kid. Um, basically the only job he ever held down was when he worked as a waiter in a restaurant. But in 1990, he actually tried to kill his dad and he cut off his ear and he lost his eye. Not, (gasps) not Tom, but Tom did that to his father. Wait, his dad lost the eye? His dad lost an eye and an ear. How do you, I don't want to know. It's like, I hate to say that I don't, I hate to say that I don't feel bad, but you know, yeah, it's hard to feel bad for someone that abuses their wife, definitely, and children. In that situation, like, it's like, well, especially I don't really the know. fact that like you would think that this person would not be allowed to be on the police force, 
in Louisiana oh, yeah. anymore. It's like, uh, I wasn't even thinking. Maybe about that's that. a little questionable because domestic mm. abuse is against the law, dummy. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. That's kind of ridiculous. But which is probably how he could get away with it, though. Yeah, probably. How old was he? So at the time of when he tried to kill his father, he was only thirty-six years old. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Like him. Yeah. <laughs> so now let's get to the actual thing that he's mostly known for, why he's called the Gainesville Ripper. Uh, so August 26, 1990, so before he tried to kill his father, um, he was walking around in Gainesville, Florida. He had just come from Louisiana. He was basically just drifting around. Like he was camping on the sides of, ro- of roads. He didn't have... A permanent place that he was living he kind of just was on a rampage because of okay. his situation at home um and the fact that he still couldn't really hold down a stable job or make enough money to survive so as he's walking around he finds that the door to a townhouse in gainesville florida like right outside of um university of florida gainesville was unlocked and so he decided to just go inside so when he went in, he clearly went in with the intention to murder someone because he had on him uh, a knife, duct tape, a screwdriver, and a handgun. And so he goes in and he immediately heads upstairs and he finds two women sleeping there. And so oh my God. something horrific about these killings, which they talk about in you know, the very end when they're going through the facts in the trial... Um, he told all his victims exactly what he was going to do to them before he actually did it. That's crazy. Like he would say, I'm going to kill you. So they were in complete fear just knowing what was going to happen to them the entire time they were being attacked. And so he goes and he finds these women and uh, he stabs them to death and rapes them before he leaves. And they were found the weekend before their bodies, um, the bodies of Christina Powell, who was 17 years old, and Sandra Larson, who was oh. 18 years old, were found the weekend before they were supposed to start school at University of Florida. They That's were freshmen. Awful. They had never gotten, they never got to go to college, which like is horrible. awful. Yeah. And like I said, they were sexually assaulted and raped by the Gainesville Ripper. Mm-hmm. And before he left... He actually posed the bodies in provocative positions because they were nude. And he actually took a shower in their townhouse before he left the morning after he killed them. That's insane. No, isn't that ridiculous? Yeah, that's crazy. Later when they're going, like interviewing witnesses, they found that people heard music playing and the shower going in the morning, but they just thought it was the girls like decorating their new townhouse. That's, that's so sick. Yeah. Because you know he was just like like happy about it, like happy no, that he's clearly, done it. That shows zero remorse. Yeah, it really and does. Another crazy thing is that they had a third roommate who was showing up the next day, who ha- wasn't there yet, and so she arrives, and it's like both and your roommates have been murdered. Them? No, a guy who lived what? um in the townhouses was the first to find them. His last name was Barber, mm-hmm. um, but their roommate came and it was basically like wow if i had gotten here one day earlier i'd be dead right now that's so crazy i know can you imagine being that and then having to start school being the the roommates you never met got murdered like it's unsettling yeah that's really actually so crazy so the next day on august 27th 1990 
uh, Christina Hoyt, who's only 18 years old, didn't show up to work. And it was because the Gainesville Ripper had broken into her apartment and waited. She wasn't there at the time that he had broken in. He waited for her to get home. And then when she got home, he raped her and stabbed her five times in the back. And he stabbed her so hard that he punctured her heart. And she was found decapitated with her body lying on the ground and her head posed on a bookshelf to be looking down at her body. And she also had a long incision from her breast down to her pelvis, like all the way down her body. And that the scene is obviously gruesome. And so this is the moment where they have three victims and the police realize that they have a serial killer on their hands. Mm-hmm. And one other insane thing about this is that it was very like th- these places, these people lived were very close to each other. And I read this article. I can't believe this is true. But I read this article that said the same guy that found the first two bodies found Christina Hoyt. How? Because they lived like all in the same complex, basically. Wow. Yeah. That's. Can you imagine finding three bodies over the course of two days? That's not a lucky weekend. No. (laughs) And then another thing these murders had in common is that the body, there had been body parts taken from the scene that were presumably with the killer. That's what? Just like why yeah the only other case i've really read about or done on the podcast where that also happened was the monster florence case yeah and that's i mean it's so it makes it so much more personal yeah when you take a souvenir basically it's like it just again shows that whole no no remorse no remorse remorse whatsoever because now you, you can look at this thing you have this person's literal body and say oh wow remember when i did that it's disgusting. So another a day later, August 28th, 1990, two bodies are found at Gatorwood Apartments, which is also in Gainesville, Florida. So Tracy um, Pauls and Manuel, T- I hope I pronounced this wrong, right. I hope I pronounced it right. <laughs> Taboda, who were 23 years old and were actually roommates, were both stabbed to death in the same way, stabbed in the back. And uh, Taboda was killed by the stabbing he was the Mm -hmm. first one killed in their apartment and he was left in the position that he died in but um paulis she was like she seemed to know what was going on like she heard her roommate being murdered so she tried to block herself into a room so that he couldn't get in to like find her but unfortunately he was able to get in and he raped her stabbed her and then like the other victims he posed her body in a sexual position before leaving the apartment wow yeah and was this all still in the same area like in yeah all in Gainesville all in the similar areas within three days scary five he was just like in that area like I feel like the people in that like in that complex after reading about that were like that could have easily I'm moving out that would have been me (laughs) yeah that's no it's and another thing that's kind of crazy when you think about it is like I told you in the beginning that this person's father was abusive towards women. Yeah. And you can definitely see that reflected in these crimes because he didn't do anything to he the didn't, man. He they, just, I mean, he murdered him. Well, yeah. But <laughs> Awful. Yes. But, but he didn't sexually assault him and he didn't pose his body. 
it almost seems like the fact that he was there was just a coincidence in order yeah. to get to Tracy. Yeah. Like, it's it just seems like he was just there Definitely. by coincidence. Not the real victim. I mean, he was the real victim, but he wasn't the intended victim. That's yeah. what I meant to say. Uh, and all of the female victims were white and brunette. It's kind of interesting because, like I said, this, this killer was just a drifter. He was just around. He was you know, walking through Gainesville and things. And it the fact that the, all the victims had similar features makes me think that he may have been watching them yeah, before he actually ask, killed them. He was probably like... same The way that he knew that Christina wouldn't be in her apartment when he broke in. Yeah. Like, it seems that he was watching them. Yeah. And honestly, the idea of someone's waiting for you in your apartment... Yeah, that's, that's the scariest, the scariest thing. thing ever. Because you come home like just on like a normal day if it's like dark if i come home late and it's dark here dark here dark in the house i like sprint to my room because i'm just scared of like oh yeah because it's just like scary because if no one's awake it's just like freaking me out but to to live alone and then come home and like that like i don't know if i could ever live i really don't know if i could live yeah because like the fact like like i don't know what i could how i could even possibly react like if I came home and there was someone in my house that I did not know, even if I was here with all like these, uh, like everyone else in my house, like that's the scariest thing. And honestly, ever. it, I have to say that a lot of people are like, the dorms are super small. The dorms suck. I kind of, I have to admit that I kind of like it because I feel so safe. Yeah. Every, there are people awake there. at all times. Yes. If anything were to happen to me, people would hear it because the walls are paper thin. And when I walk into my room, I can see everything. And there's two people usually that are sleeping there with me also yeah, in the same true. room. You know, yeah. like I, it feels very safe to be in that sort of a mm-hmm. place. You know what I mean? Yeah. Cause everyone's just there with you too. So yeah. Like everyone would know what everyone would be there to help if something was happening to anyone. Exactly. And you know, I also just got recently very freaked out about apartment complexes because this um, woman that I work with, she came into work like last Tuesday looking very like upset and flustered. And I was like, what's going on? Like, you good? And she was like, not really. I just feel horrible for my roommate. I was like, oh, why? She's like, oh, she witnessed a murder in front of our apartment building. What? And they live in like a nice area in Los Angeles. Oh my gosh. What? Yeah. So apparently this guy got, I believe, shot in front of their apartment building and she looked out. She didn't see the actual murder, but she looked out and she saw the um, the perpetrator, the perp, perp, running away. And she looked down and she saw the dead body oh my. in front of her apartment. And was she inside? Yeah, she was in her apartment. Whoa. That's crazy. No, it's ridiculous. And then like... She, she was like, yeah, she's just really, like, shaken up by it. She's kind of just sitting there. Yeah, I would be, too. I'm like, yeah, she probably needs major, major therapy after that. Yeah. Like, trauma therapy. Because that is... I mean, once you go through that, something like that, even just the fear of something like that, knowing it happened near you... Yeah. ...is enough to be like, oh, I need to reevaluate. Yeah, exactly. And it, for it to be, like, in front of your building, like... If he, he or she, whatever, whoever it was, had decided to walk inside, you were there. Especially in a place where you feel like it's safe. Yeah. Because I don't know, like a college town, like like Gainesville, 
it seems safe because there's always people around, you know? So like we were kind of talking about by August 30th. So like by basically by August 29th, like a day after this, this last murder has happened, the, the campus of university of Florida is in a complete panic. Like semester had the fall semester had just started so students are unenrolling like hundreds of students unenroll from university of florida um people are starting to room with up to a dozen people in a house because they are scared of being alone uh and people start buying there's like a huge increase in the sale of guns and locks wow all around the area because people are crazy that you could scared yeah people are scared and so right away, the media basically is all over this. And the initial suspect is University of Florida freshman Ed Humphrey, who is 18 years old, and he was a top suspect. His face was plastered on the front of newspapers because he had a, a very creepy look about him. He had a very scarred face because he'd been in a car accident and he had an, a mental illness and he had been accused of beating up his 79 year old grandmother when he drove home from Gainesville so immediately people are like all right uh let's check a one two three looks creepy yup probably has a mental illness yup abuse yup he's our guy like automatically just boom and he also just kind of moved to the area so they were thinking oh yeah this would make sense definitely our guy it just happened yeah so then October 10th, 1990, he's actually found guilty of beating his grandmother. And during the trial, he is like acting really weirdly. He was given 22 months in jail. And his family, however, says this sentence is absolutely crazy. Um, and he wouldn't have been given this long of a sentence if he hadn't already been connected to the Gainesville Ripper killings. But by the time that they actually go through with his trial... They know that he's not the one who did the Gainesville killings. Mm -hmm. He's just kind of the one who's getting all the flack from it. Yeah. But it kind of is ridiculous to me (laughs) a little bit. Like, not that he got 22 months because uh, you beat up a 79-year-old person. Like, goodbye. That's crazy. But then I look at, like, Brock Turner, who got three months because he was an aspiring college student who sexually assaulted someone. And I'm like... It's interesting how the way the media portrays yes. someone has an effect on which it should, the like, outcome shouldn't, of the trial because it's not supposed to, but it does. It definitely does. Yeah, it's kind of ridiculous. So that was October tenth of nineteen ninety. So okay. it's not until January twenty fourth, nineteen ninety one. January twenty fourth. I would like to say is the day that um, Ted Bundy got killed. Really? But not the same year. But yeah, same day. Also happens to be my anniversary. <laughs> <laughs> God, we celebrate two things on that day baby oh wow <laughs> okay so january 4th 1991 uh the police find that tom a 36 year old uh drifter a 36 year old man just walking around no man in florida was living in a tent uh in the woods near the apartment complexes of the university of florida students and they had him in custody because um, the previous September, he had robbed a grocery store. And he, after they look like into, they start looking into him because they're like, okay, kind of suspect that this guy just came into town and he already committed a crime, like an, an armed robbery. He already committed a crime and like, 
now all these murders are happening. Mm -hmm. So he becomes the prime suspect of this investigation. They actually had a task force just for finding this killer, like straight out of the movies. They had an actual task force for this. And after they're investigating, they look into the tools that he has at his camp and they link them and find that they're the exact same type of tools, a knife, a screwdriver, duct tape, exact same type of tools used in the Gainesville Ripper killings. And so then they're able to pull DNA from the tools and the crime scenes and they're able to link the two because they found um, they found Tom's semen and DNA at the crime scenes. They were able to match it with his DNA. Good. Since they had him in custody. And at the camp, they also find many tape recordings of folk songs, which he had written and recorded, which directly alluded to the murders. Oh. And they also found tapes I thought that, that was just going to be like a happy antidote. Like, no. He liked folk music, too. Like, no. He, he liked it. He Well, oh. he, you know, he did make a song for his hero that he made tapes on the anniversary of Ted Bundy's death where he sang about him and sang praises to Ted Bundy's family. Oh, Wow. So. <laughs> sounds like a. It's a weird Sounds twist. like a heck of a guy. I mean, it's kind of funny because that's kind of what I expect from someone who's more yeah. nomadic, but then not with the killing part. Yes. Like he's a hippie, but violent and terrible person. <laughs> so July 10th, 1991, uh, a grand jury in Tallahassee, Florida, indicts him on charges of robbing a bank uh, in 1990 and they're basically they're they're just trying to put him away for stuff at this like his charges are at this time in his life in 1991 they're racking up because he's now being charged for he did a series of robberies while he was in florida um and so he also assaulted people while he was in florida and so he is um for being a habitual offender for robberies he is sentenced to life in prison <laughs> Oh. For being a habitual offender for armed robberies. Um, Humphrey gets out. That guy, Ed Humphrey, who I was telling you about, who got 22 months in jail. He gets out after 13 and a half months. And he says he's innocent in the Gainesville cases. His name is eventually, like, completely cleared. Um, minus the grandma. Minus the grandma. <laughs> His name is completely cleared of the Gainesville Ripper killings. But I would like to remind you that at this time... The guy who is the main suspect in the case for the Gainesville Ripper killings has just been sentenced to life in prison for robberies. So he's already going away for the rest of his life. And probably the fact that he was the lead suspect in the Gainesville Ripper case helped to make his sentencing for the other case a lot more heavy. Mm. So um, November 15th, 1991 a Gainesville grand jury indicts him on charges of first-degree murder, burglary, and sexual assault for the college killings. And in the meantime, after he's been indicted for that, he also gets uh, sentenced for another bank robbery that he did in Gainesville, and he gets 32 years for that, so on top of his life sentence. Um, And so he's already in a prison at this time because, like I said, he did a lot more crimes than murder. It was really like Mm -hmm. it wasn't just this one single breakout incident like he was committing crimes all the time. So he was in Florida State Prison and June 1st, 1992, he tried to hang himself in his cell. And then uh, at his arraignment in 1992, he also said, I'm not guilty of the killings and the rapes and the burglaries. Um, but then they're like, okay, 
sure, but we got your DNA, my friend. So they send him, in the meantime, while they're still waiting for the trial to begin, they send him to a treatment center uh, where he can get help for his mental illness because at that time he'd been diagnosed with, he had things like borderline personality disorder yeah. and other things like that, like he was bipolar. So he went to a place where he could get treatment and then he went to Florida State Prison in December. February 9th, 1993, uh, investigators find a knife and gloves that they found that were used by the killer, by the Gainesville Ripper, and they are able to link them to Tom. So he's he's basically, he's like definitely going away. So the trial is finally set for February of 1994 after it had been postponed for a while. But it's crazy because this happens four years after the actual killings occurred. Yeah. Like this trial took a long, a long ass time. time to happen despite DNA evidence. So um, part of the reason was probably because one, he was already in jail. They knew he wasn't going anywhere. Yeah. Two, he had problems with mental illness, which probably made them a little bit more hesitant to try to build up a case for the death penalty because Usually you can't get a death penalty for someone who has mental illness, but he didn't really try to use that. Um, February 10th, 1994, Tom says, I'm going to plead guilty to everything, to the killings, to the rape, to the burglaries. He doesn't ask for anything. He just says, I'm going to plead guilty. So because on February 15th, 1994, he goes into court and says, I plead guilty for all of this. There is no need for anyone on either side to try to convince the court, oh, he's innocent, he's innocent, he's guilty, he's guilty. At this yeah. point, the entire trial just turns into a battle for should it be the death penalty or should it be another life sentence? Mm-hmm. At this point, what would you say? I don't know. I uh, I honestly don't. I don't know. I, bo- I mean, it's hard. He's... I really don't know. I I would say either way, he's going to get, like, what he deserves. So, I don't know. Does he get it? Does he get the death penalty? Well, okay. Here's what happens. Okay, so he gives his full confession, and the prosecution basically goes in and absolutely destroys. Like, they go in, they play the tapes from when he was talking to investigators. Yeah. They, play, they make him look, like, super strange because one of the things he talked about in his confession was that there was another person inside him named Gemini, what? evil Gemini that had done all this, all these crimes. And oh my gosh, that's like a oh, what's that movie called? Exorcist. <laughs> that is literally <laughs> no, no, ex- no, no. Exorcist. Oh, what's that 3? movie called? Oh my no, god, no, dude. The, I feel like you're lying to the, me. No, the prosecution was like, um, but let's just point out the fact that he watched Exorcist 3 during the week that he was killing all these people. And serious? that's like a main factor in the movie, apparently. I've oh, never seen it, but apparently either. that's something. There's, in it. A, there's another movie, though, and it was about this guy. I, I might be spoiling Split? the movie. No, no, no. It's an older movie. Uh, I can't remember what it is, but it's this guy and he, um, and he, like, he... Wait, let me think. Let me try and think through this. I'm bad at telling stories. Um, He kills someone, but he says that he has a personality like disorder where he really can't like he tells the guy he was like, I can't control it. He was like, I killed this person, but I don't remember doing it. It was my split personality. I can't control it. 
So that uh, one of the like lawyers, the main like protagonist, they try and he tries to like clear him of his sentence because you're kind of like kind of rooting for him because you're like he has this disorder like he can't do anything about it he needs help he doesn't need to like go to jail or whatever it is um and they get him like free of any like jail time or something like that and then in like the end of the movie he's like pranked and he never had a disorder he just made the whole thing up and made his lawyer believe it that's crazy right yeah, so that has like not a lot to do with it, but like kind of like. The, so I think the, the prosecution thing. was kind of worried about the fact that it was going to lean toward feeling bad for this guy because he yeah. didn't have any. Yeah, that's what I think the whole thing was. Like, yeah, with that movie it was like. But then they're like, oh well, if you look back, he actually watched watched Exorcist three that week, and in that movie, the killer is called Gemini, and he yes. decapitated and cut apart his victims, and so maybe this guy doesn't actually have an alternate personality called gemini that's killing people maybe he's crazy and he's using this movie as an excuse for it he's just crazy and he thinks that he's just crazy he thinks he can just like make it up maybe yeah i don't know it's it's crazy and even though he claimed in court that he had remorse um he told people that he initially committed the murder so he would become a quote superstar like ted bundy that's what he said which is why i'm not using his name (laughs) screw this guy uh so eventually in april of 1994 he is sentenced to death by lethal injection because the prosecution goes up and just completely tells every detail of what he did to these victims the decapitation the rape the posing the taking of the body parts like they just go up and they convince the jury that this that an eye for an eye the response to what he did is he needs to be put to death so so he is sentenced to death by lethal injection and he's killed in 2006 wait how long is that after that is 12 years oh wow usually people stay on death row for an incredibly long a lot of people i don't really understand that why do they stay on death row for so long it takes a long time to be able to kill someone Legally. And didn't it same for it wasn't this wasn't it wasn't it the same for Ted Bundy too? Yeah, I was just gonna was say on death row for like a, a lot long of, time. If you read articles from the time talking about the execution, what they say is that it was eerily similar to Ted Bundy because he was killed in the same place that Ted Bundy was killed, and th- it was the similar thing where there were spectators that had come to stand in the field outside of the building where he was being killed to cheer when the news finally came. Wow, and so. Th- reporters talk about how it was an eerily similar scene to the killing of ted bundy oh that's which is weird weird but also what he wanted which isn't yeah that good (laughs) kind of takes the joy out of that um but a couple hours before he's killed tom hands a note to his religious advisor confessing to three more killings in the hometown in his hometown shreveport louisiana so um he basically tells people like hey, you know that unsolved triple homicide you've got from November 4th, 1989? Yep, that was me. So 55-year-old William Grissom, his 24-year-old daughter, Julie Grissom, and his 8-year-old grandson, Sean Grissom, uh, had all been killed after they were attacked in their home when they were getting ready for dinner. Um, Julie Grissom's body, same MO. She was uh, raped, she was mutilated, and her body was posed in a sexual manner. And then he basically gives his 
his religious advisor this note saying, by the way, I committed these murders 17 years ago. Thought wow. you should know. Wow. A year before he committed any of the Gainesville killings. And in a completely different state. That's a crazy way to end. Yeah. To just be like, well, I'm leave I'm out, so here. Yeah. This. And one more thing I want to tell you that is very weird about his time in prison was that he co-authored a book while he was in prison. Oh. So he got he got engaged in jail to a crime writer named Sandra London. What? A crime writer? She is a... Okay, I've been looking into her. Bro, she is weird. I can't tell if she's, like, genuinely weird or if she takes her work very seriously and she'll go to the length of getting engaged to someone she knows is a serial killer like, in order she, to get information. Was that what it was? Was it because for information? Because she dated a serial killer before this guy. Okay, what? How do you... How would you... How so would there's this cr- do Okay, that? let me explain this. There's a crime writer named Sandra London. She originally got into this whole thing because there was a guy she dated in high school who went to who was a police officer who went to jail for a double murder. And while he was in jail, she became like really close with him and he would write her these really intimate letters talking about murder and like all these things he wished she'd done and like describe his crimes and stuff. They published short stories called Killer Fiction where they talked about like his crimes and they co-authored this book where it was like a crime writer and an actual murderer. Oh, that was the appeal of the short stories. And then she got eventually got a restraining order against him and got his case dismissed because she said, yo, this guy's a crazy ass serial killer. Keep him away from me. So she completely pulled away from him and their relationship. But then a couple of years later, she gets into a relationship with Tom, this guy she knows is a freaking serial killer. And eventually they end up co-authoring this book together, which is called The Making of a Serial Killer, The True Story of the Gainesville Murders in the Killer's Own Words. Okay, that's and they get engaged. Wild. So I'm not sure if they got engaged because they were actually in love and she's just a weirdo, or if they got engaged so that she could make this book with him. I definitely think it's the book. Either way, she did that with the other guy too. She wrote this stuff and then she got a restraining order. Either way, very weird. That's crazy. Yeah, I mean that's like the book itself. Like that has to be like a pretty interesting book. Yeah, that that's also like do i want i don't know it's just like i don't know about going to those lengths like that's yeah that might be a little much but also being engaged to a serial killer yeah that's in jail that's insane but at the same time there's i mean not at the same time but i just mean that book is probably like super interesting yeah probably but still that's absolutely insane and I wonder, I guess the thing is, I wonder how, I've never read the book, but I wonder what perspective they talk about yeah. the murders from. Like, are, do they talk I about it like, about the and same it thing. happened, or do they talk about it more like we talk about it where it's like this gruesome, horrible thing? Yeah. Because he know. did it, so how, I have no idea. That's so interesting. Yeah. So, insane. Yeah. I might buy that book. Yeah. And Used. Then, and, <laughs> and then you will give it to me after. Okay. So, um. Right. He co-authors a book in prison, but now going back to when he was going to be killed, uh, his final meal, in case you were curious, he had lobs. You know about this, right? How people who are going to be get killed their get their final yes, meal. Yes, I saw a Shane Dawson. I mean, it's not sponsored by Shane Dawson, but I saw a Shane Dawson video about it, and he like tried serial killers like last meals. Yeah. It was weird. So Tom had lobster tail, shrimp, a baked potato, strawberry cheesecake, and sweet tea. I'm pretty sure Shane did that. Had all that? Yeah, I think so. 
Yeah. So maybe you did, but that has nothing to do. That's so. I mean, all right. So in <laughs> the end, it's just like the weirdest. Yeah, and I mean, it's a weird combination, like fish and strawberry. I mean, yeah. okay, this is random. This hopefully you're never in this situation ever. But if you had to have a last meal, what would it be? Oh my gosh, baby, I'd have another one from In and Out. I knew it. <laughs> With the burger, plain fries, light well. That's what I was Salt, thinking. Salt, ketchup, a do. Diet Coke. I feel like I would do the same. Peanut butter Oreo milkshake from <gasps> Woody's Diner. Wow. What about you? I would probably do... Oh, that's... That's... I don't know. I probably... Would you get the exact same thing? Probably in and out probably. <laughs> and then probably... And, and then a box of Krispy Kreme. Oh, that's kind of a snack. Oh, that sounds so good right now. <laughs> We're hungry. This is... Yeah. Okay, this is... We could have this, this tomorrow, though. I don't need to be on death row to eat this. Yeah, we could just have it for fun. Yeah. Okay. It, back to the story. Go ahead. Anyway. So, in the end, he is asked if he has any final words, and he doesn't say anything, but instead he starts singing, because we know how he loves to sing so much. And he starts singing, none greater than thee, O Lord, over and over again. And, t- and eventually, what? yeah, he's singing a hymn. He's singing, none greater than thee, O Lord over and over again as 30 people family and friends of the victims sit outside of the death chamber and watch as he is killed two minutes after he is injected so that takes two minutes two minutes to kill you yeah wow that's that's a that's a long time to be sitting and being like i'm it's like falling asleep though a lot of people say it's not good it's not painful enough for what he did but that's probably still like the scariest two minutes of your life. He just sat there singing none greater than thee, O Lord, over and over again. That's crazy. It's creepy. Yes. But anyway, that is the end of the Gainesville Ripper case. However, there is one thing that ties into this that makes this the Halloween episode. Okay. So, if you've ever seen or heard, everyone I guarantee has heard of the movie Scream. Yes. Scream. I haven't seen it completely through because um, I was with a friend and we were both scared because we were home alone. So we stopped watching it. But I know what it is. Well, the writer of Scream, so Kevin Williamson is his name. He wrote the entire script. Well, actually, not the entire script. The 18 page first draft of the script for Scream, the horror movie, like the most famous Mm -hmm. horror movie of all time. While he was watching the news about the Gainesville Ripper. and he just realized he said um that he quote realized his very own window was open end quote and he realized that anyone could come into his house and kill him and he could be the one to get killed and so the ghost face character from scream is loosely based off the gainesville ripper and the gainesville ripper's crimes wow oh crazy yeah because he did he attacked women the day that he um saw that newscast is the same day he wrote the first draft of scream wow that's crazy that it was influenced by that you can see that in like a couple other like horror like writers um what's his name oh my gosh people are gonna make fun of me what's his name is it stephen king yes (laughs) i knew people were gonna make fun of me because i know it's obvious but i couldn't remember um stephen king stayed at the what's it called why can't i say the hotel from the shining no, none. Well, he stayed, <laughs> not that hotel, but he stayed at a hotel in Colorado. I can't remember what it's called. It's a scary hotel. Oh my gosh. 
I don't know the name, but I, I don't know the I name. I haven't read any Stephen King books. Okay, well, doesn't don't kill doesn't, me. Doesn't matter. Um, he stayed at this hotel. I will remember the name at the end of this episode. He stayed at this hotel, and he said he had the worst. It's like a haunted hotel in Colorado, and he and Stephen King said he had the worst nightmares of his life about children following him around, about blood like coming out from elevators, which is all things that are in The Shining. And so he based Ooh, the hotel creepy. in The Shining off of the hotel that he stayed at. That is terrifying, and right? I will never so, stay there. Yeah, so it was like that's so that's so weird and like interesting that all those things came from like their real life and he had sleep paralysis too it was about i don't know what it was but he said that his the shining was loosely based off of the that hotel but yeah scream um this guy kevin williamson he you can definitely see it because the script is about this girl who's alone at home and this killer is like stalking her and then chasing her with a knife yeah short <laughs> short description of the movie and that's basically exactly what the Gainesville Ripper did is he made women and just people in general feel unsafe in their own homes and chase them around with knives and like the guy in Scream told them what he was going to do before he did it so he very quickly after reading about the Gainesville Ripper was able to write the full script for Scream and it's become one of the most popular horror movies of all time yeah but not many people know that it's actually based on a true story. That's crazy. Unfortunately, did give him some of the fame. Yes. That he But luckily, wanted. But not, not many a lot people, of people know that it's based off him. Yeah. They just know Ghostface. Can you can you do me a favor? See, look up Scary Hotel in Colorado and it'll come up and I know, but I can't think of the name and it's Oh, oh my gosh, it's like on the tip of my tongue. You have to look it up now quickly. It's going to come up. The Oxford Hotel? No, no, no. Oh, my God. Stanley Hotel? Stanley Hotel. I was, uh, as soon as you started to say it, I was like, oh, yes, the Stanley <laughs> Hotel. It was the Stanley Hotel, and he, yeah, what that's hotel what he is it? The Stanley Hotel is what it's called. Everyone just got their ears I'm just sorry got about your ears, but I'm excited. And I, so I was really crying. Did you just turn She's turning me down because <laughs> I'm getting too excited. I see how it is. But well, nope. in conclusion, <laughs> we both just like started talking. It's because at each we other. talked about Billy the Exterminator for 15 minutes. Yeah, I don't really know. It's kind of all over the place a little bit. <laughs> in conclusion, this Halloween episode, we talked about the Gainesville Ripper, the horrific eight murders, not five, but eight murders that he committed in Gainesville, Florida and Shreveport, Louisiana, and how the movie franchise Scream came out of these cases but unfortunately the bigger issue with this case was that it took the lives of eight innocent people the youngest being eight years old so wow that's so sad so overall screw that guy (laughs) i am feeling as we go through the case i feel more and more happy with my decision not to say this person's name yeah i don't need to give that to them no what are your thoughts on the case? Sad. No, it, it definitely sucks, but at least, like, he's gone. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, at least he got a good... He got a punishment for that. He wasn't... Yeah. I don't know. Just sad. Yeah, it's, a it's just sad even, even knowing that he was, like, given the punishment he deserved. It's still sad because it doesn't mean those people, like, come back. 
I will never see Scream the same way. That's for sure. Yeah, me neither. Now I'm not going to watch it. <laughs> I was gonna. Not anymore. Well, on that note, it seems like we have a bummer enough ending that it should be time to move to my favorite segment on this show. Happy things. So this is the part of the show where we're just going to say one good thing that has happened or will happen in our week. In news, we call this the kicker. So the kicker. Yeah, it's like the happy story you put at the end of a bunch of sad stories to make everyone will come back. (laughs) Yeah. And just so the person is like. They're I guess for me, sad. it's like, so I'm yeah. not like, I need oh, to like, God, everything sucks. Yes. You know, as I yeah. walk away. So do you want to go first? Or do you want me sure. to go first? I actually, um, I have two things that I could say. All right, go on ahead. Okay. The first is I got my permit about a Ooh. week, oh, almost a week. Oh, not correct. I got my permit almost two weeks ago. And today I had my first like two hour long driving lesson. And so that means I can legally drive and I'm excited about it because now I can drive to school and everywhere else and such. And then the other thing is just it's Halloween on Thursday and I'm not going to go to my first period class because I'm not because it's Mm -hmm. Halloween. Good for you. Thank you. My happy thing this week is also easy, and it's that I have been making my way through the rom-coms, baby. I have been. <laughs> Are you serious? I've literally been. This watching is like the one so time when you shouldn't be watching rom-coms. You should be watching spooky, scary, sad stories. But why in the world would I want to do that when I could watch some happy movies? Oh you want to know some movies I've I've watched? I know you're gonna tell me. I know you're gonna tell me anyways. So just go okay. Ahead. I've watched Pretty Woman. I've watched Sleepless. Oh, in Pretty S- Woman's so good. I've though. watched Sleepless in Seattle. I've watched As Good as It Gets. All right. Well, I think we're gonna end the podcast right there. Bye. See ya. <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen, intro. Mu- uh, wait, no. Oh, intro- Sir, exit music. <laughs> no, wait. I uh, don't. We- so, ladies and gentlemen, Shut thank you so up. much for. Stop. Thank hey. you so much for listening to she this. She literally put me on mute. You betcha. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Horrible Things Podcast. The Smash Halloween the like epi- button. No. Smash the subscribe button. <laughs> the Halloween episode of the Horrible Things Podcast. If you want to support this podcast in many ways and uh, help us get more over your headphones, because I'm the only one with a pair right now, then you should go to patreon.com slash horrible things and join the $10 besties tier where you can get bonus content and a bunch of cool other stuff. Uh, all the money that you spend is going back into the podcast and it's just it's just great. I'm back. And so uh, another thing that you can do if you want to support the podcast is go ahead and go over to Apple Podcasts and leave a rate and review. Talk about how much you love the podcast. If you have negative things to say, better just to not say anything at all. <laughs> or if you have negative things to say, send us a box, put a little note, put a little note in there. Add some nice headphones and then it'll be fine. We won't even care. If you send no. a negative. In fact, I will send re- us if you send us head over your headphones, preferably Audio Technica, mm-hmm. I will read your <laughs> negative comment on this podcast. So and thank we you will much. thank you for it. Anyway, <laughs> so leave a rate and review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, but most importantly, just thank you guys so, so much for listening and sharing it with your friends. That's really how this podcast gets any traction. And it's been growing a lot lately. And that has made me incredibly happy because I work very hard on this podcast. It's basically like a third job for me. So I 
am grateful to everyone that listens. Thank you guys so much for listening. And remember, don't beat up your grandma, dude. Watch Billy the Exterminator. And most importantly, don't Don't do horrible things. Don't!